Good morning, castaways, and welcome to Twists and Torches. My name is Cameron, and I am your host. And today, this is very exciting. I'm very excited for this. I, I, you've already seen the title, so you know what, what is going to be discussed. But I have a special guest returning to the show. It's been a while. Is my sister, Lindsay. Lindsay, how are you? I'm great. I'm great. I'm excited to be back on Twists and Torches. Yeah, excited to have you. And we're going to be talking about one of my favorite seasons. I know it's one of your favorite seasons. And, True. And listener, if you, if wink, wink, if you listen to my uh, season rankings, it's very high. Um, I, I love this season. And it's, it's going to be fun. Uh, we both recently rewatched it. Uh, it is available on Netflix currently. So those with Netflix, I know sometimes people have trouble watching Survivor if they don't have some of the different streaming services. But Netflix has got two seasons, and this is one of them. So if you've never seen it and you're listening to this podcast somehow, I highly recommend that you go and watch Fans vs. Favorites or Micronesia, whichever, whichever one you want to call it. So, Lindsay, do you know what what we're doing? We're we're taking a little journey here in, in this uh, this podcast. Okay, I like so, a journey. So, what we're gonna do is we're gonna in a, in a moment we're gonna enter the Survivor time machine, and the okay. episode is gonna be the the listeners already know this because it's gonna be called Survivor Time Machine Micronesia or something like that, patent pending, and <laughs> we're going to. Take a step back, and we're going to go back to the summer of 2008, where okay. we'd never seen Coach Wade grace our screens. We don't know who <laughs> Russell Hans is. We've never seen any of these castaways return appearances, because many of them do. And we're going we're gonna to go in the time machine. We're going to go back. So no spoilers for anything beyond Micronesia, but there will be spoilers for the, the first seasons of each of the favorites. So we may discuss that. So that, that's open season. How's, how's that sound? It sounds good. I am afraid that we'll rip a hole in the space-time continuum if I run into my eight-year-old self, but we'll just have to be careful, I guess, in our time machine endeavor. Listen, 11-year-old me was cool, okay? <laughs> I, I was... Uh, Tom Brady retired this week, so I've been, like, reminiscing about that stuff and, like, looking at, like, the old Super Bowls, which maybe I haven't seen in a while. Man, that's a nostalgia trip. So I'm kind of already in that mindset. You know, that was around the time that this stuff was happening, that Micronesia aired. So I should have listened to some Hannah Montana today to get myself ready. Perfect. All right. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Uh, Roland, uh, put in a, a time machine sound, like very professional sounding. Roland is my editor. Uh, I don't have oh, an editor. I'm okay. just kidding. Uh, <laughs> put in a time machine sound, please. And we're going to, we're going back in time. Okay. All right, here we here we are, 2008. We landed. I love it. So, so Lindsay, wow, Sur Survivor fans versus favorites just just finished, and it was one of the best seasons we've seen in, in a long time. Uh, we had some of our favorite players come back to play against some new players. Uh, let's let's talk about it. I'm I'm excited. Yeah, I mean, this is a exciting Survivor concept. You know, we've we've never had a little mixture of players we've seen before and players we haven't seen before. So it's fun to um, see what happens when you mix the veterans of the game or sort of veterans of the game, just characters we loved, some of them, um, with brand new players that are supposedly students of the game. Some of them I'm not quite buying it. Yeah, it's, it's very cool. We get a half and half type season, which we haven't seen. We got All-Stars, which was all 
of our favorites like coming back. And then we had Guatemala where there were only two and one on each tribe. But this time it's like a, a half and half, which I think is really interesting. And I like that Survivor is kind of uh, constantly innovating. I mean, China was great, of course, but this one just, I think, take, take it a step further and the casting was spot on. They definitely picked the right people. I remember on the premiere, I was a little iffy on a few of the picks, but now that I've seen it play out, I think that they knew exactly what they were doing. And what did you think of those commercials? Did you see where, I, I think it aired during the Super Bowl, uh, when, you know, it was a rough Super Bowl for us Patriot fans, of course, uh, with that, uh, that helmet, catch, just <laughs> horrible, but, uh, they were, they were showing and they had like some guys in, at a water cooler in an office. Have you seen this? And they're like, Oh, did you see survivor last night? And then like a giant hand, like yanks them out and then like puts them down on the Island. Cause it's like fans versus favorites. It, yeah. was, it was very funny. I liked those. I, I can't say I recall that commercial airing during the Super Bowl. I wasn't paying much attention during the Super Bowl, more of a snack person. Nice. Um, but yeah, that's that's essentially, you know, the concept of it is you pluck a fan right out of their, you know, enjoyment of the show and drop them on the island. And there you have it. You have your fans tribe. Yeah, I mean, clearly some of them are like this kid, Eric, he's like 20, right? Oh, yeah. Like he, he clearly loves Survivor. Like you could tell when he first, so obviously we had the thing on the beach where like all of them come in and that was cool. But really when they like mix the tribes up and we'll, of course we'll get there, but Eric just seemed like he was like in a museum. Like he's like oh, yeah. watching Ozzy climb a tree and he's just like, oh my gosh, it's Ozzy. Like, I can't believe it. Yeah, well, and of course you have even deeper, you have his loved one's visit. He's not like, oh my God, it's my brother. He's like, look, look at Jeff Probst. So like, it's it's so obvious that he is a true, true Survivor fan. Yeah, he was uh, he was quite the character. All right, so let's talk about this, pr the premiere. Let's let's go back a few months ago to All when right. this first, first aired. And I remember being a little bit apprehensive. I thought the concept was cool. But then when they started walking out on the beach, all the fans are cheering. And for some of them, I was like scratching my head a little bit, right? Like Parvati? And uh, I didn't really know how I felt about uh, Amy or even Eliza. Uh, like the Vanuatu was a long time ago. So I was a little bit, a little bit questioning the, the casting choices at first. Um, but the, the fans over there, they were loving it. They were whooping it up, except for, uh, for Amanda. Uh, I guess they hadn't seen <laughs> enough of her since China was in the same. Uh, had just been filmed and maybe they hadn't seen exactly. enough of it. But yeah, yeah the, what did you think of like that whole sequence? Honestly, it's been a minute since I watched it. But yeah, I, I agree with you on questioning some of the the favorites like i said a second ago i was like some of them i was like mm, a good character but i wouldn't say that they were you know the bad like the most talked about survivors you know like someone like parvati didn't really make the biggest impact in cook island so it's like why are they here but you know some of them prove us wrong over the course of their micronesia gameplay right yeah some of them are obvious like the two from china uh aussie yao man obviously huge fan favorite one of my favorites i remember watching yeah. him on fiji and uh boy was i disappointed that he didn't last long uh that was immensely sad to me that's still one of one still a little raw even if we've seen the whole season play out i mean i think that's because he was such a fan favorite that the other favorites were like well this guy's gonna be socially dangerous so let's dump him now while we can mm -hmm. yeah and then of course we have fair play coming in with his Jeff Probes outfit and his goofy hat and with the, the peace sign. And he clearly has not changed at all 
oh, uh, no. at least in the first half of the episode from Pearl Islands. And I'm thinking, oh boy, got to deal with the greatest villain in Survivor <laughs> history. Uh, unquestionable up to this point, right? I mean, you could maybe make a case for someone from this season just because of how it was kind of villainous at the end, but still fair play, uh, the grandma thing. It's, it's hard to top. It really is. Yeah, I think that he sort of put the stamp on um, the deception aspect of Survivor. So I would say in the the evil aspect of things, he is certainly the icon at this point in Survivor. Right. The other thing I liked was they didn't bring back anyone who had won. So everyone was kind of getting like a second chance uh, where they hadn't they hadn't gone all the way. There were some final tribal uh, like Amanda and Ozzy, where they like almost got there, but didn't quite. And then there were some people who went out a little bit earlier. Um, but on All Stars, the disappointment was they targeted the winners so fast that like some of the better players yeah. just were like out the door immediately. So it was kind of like a. But this time we don't really have to worry about that, which is which is kind of cool. Yeah, I think it's nice to have that lack of a easy target. Let's get the winners out, and it also is like it leads them to be stronger players even though it's their second season because sometimes a winner can kind of sit back on their laurels a little bit and not sort of have the fire that a player who has yet to win the title of soul survivor has because they still almost are stepping on the beach like it's the first time even though they have some experience under their belt they want it as badly as they did the first time yeah like tina and richard like they went out there they're like there's no way i'm winning i'm just coming out here to get more famous and collect my check really uh that was kind of the attitude there ethan was just out there to have fun uh but not yeah none of the winners on all stars were all that focused on like winning the game again because they already had right so this time we get all 10 of them were hungry for the win and um Let's let's talk about the fans for a minute in this the, this pre-merge kind of section. Like maybe some of the fans who didn't go very far. What did you think of like Mikey B or or Tracy? Um, any any thoughts? Yeah, I think as far as like the men goes, we had like obvious like golden boy archetypes like Mikey and like Joel, um, where Joel was, the golden uh, boy. It, I mean, he he had the like the physical sort of was He's he like meaner than a golden evil, boy, yeah, like incredible Hulk guy, you know? Oh, absolutely. But they both had that sort of like, I'm the provider, I'm a physical threat, I want to be in charge sure. sort of attitude to them. One of them ends up nipping the other one faster. Joel gets Mikey faster than Mikey can get him. I mm -hmm. thought uh, like that part of the pre-merge is one of those survivor moments that drives you crazy because like. Would it have been a good move when you reach a tipping point? Yeah, but at the time that it happened, it was like a little too early to turn on each other. But I understand the threat Joel feels for Mikey B because Mikey B is another one of those guys that's like, he's clearly a fan of this game because he started playing mm -hmm. hard. Right, yeah. Yeah, I think the fans tribe uh, by themselves was less compelling than the favorites in the first few tribals. Of course, then we get to the swap and we get to know some of the ones that have made it this far a little better. And I thought that, but understandably so, the edit of the show uh, focused a little bit more on the favorites and we benefited from it kind of being a little back and forth with the tribals, but leaning slightly um, towards the favorites so they were able to eliminate them and didn't have to worry about them. But there were enough tribals that you actually know what kind of strategy is going on at the favorites camp. Uh, I was partial to uh, the old people alliance, as they called it. It was like Kathy, Chet, and Tracy. They were kind of Absolutely. underdogs. They had like a separate shelter even from the other ones. And Jeff asked them about it at a challenge. 
And he was like, what, what are you guys talking? Like you sleep in two separate places. Like it's clearly a very divided tribe. Yeah, I, I agree. I definitely was a Kathy fan. Um, she just was hilarious. Chet was like a one trick pony. Like he was funny for the same reason every time he was funny, but people like Tracy, like I loved because she had like the determination that it's, I, I find it really fun when in survivor, there's either a less athletic or older woman that is just like, has a complete get after it attitude. Um, and she ended up being like more of a physical threat than people thought she was going to be. Speaking of which, Sari uh, was really, I felt like it was a turnaround from Panama. And Panama, her whole story was her get off the couch. And then as the game progressed, she got into this rhythm and like her personality and her style came out in like a survivor, like ruthless way. But that was at the very end of the game. In this one, she comes out swinging. She's... Uh, yelling at Penner by the rocks. She's saying, no, uh, Yao Man has to go. She's telling the Cool Kids Couples Alliance what's what, and she does not care. And even in the challenges, I felt like she definitely stepped it up. I don't know if she was like working out between the seasons, but she clearly like had improved her game in like all aspects. Really impressive from Sari, even from the get-go. Like she's just kind of guns blazing. Yeah, I think that's one of my favorite things about Sari as a player is that she will yell at someone in the middle of camp. She will stand her ground and be like, no, I'm, I want to vote this way and you're not going to sway me to vote another way because she does it in like a somehow like acceptable way to people. With like, a smile no one on is, like, face. Exactly. And like a lot of people will give the most credit to players who like play multiple alliances but are lying to every single one saria is telling the full truth to every single person who approaches her but mm. like still getting her way so i think that that i don't know that like we have seen a player play like that before but you're right Sari like fully in this season has come out guns blazing and is running the game over on the favorites tribe in my opinion even though several other people think it's them petter thinks it's him Yao Man for a second was in there. Eliza thinks it's her. Parvati thinks it's her. But Ozzy always thinks it's him. But really, <laughs> Sari was, you know, the linchpin for most of what was going on. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you there. Um, the only person I could compare her to was Sandra from Pearl Islands, where although a little bit on the meaner side, like Sari says it to be honest, Sandra's honest to the point of like being rude at times people still like her to a degree but not like Sari. Sari just has this natural charisma that she could be yelling at you or in a fight with you one moment and then an hour later laughing it up on the beach like it's just it's very impressive she's definitely one of the people that I would really want to meet from Survivor just because she seems like such an interesting person just to have a conversation with like I, I would love to do that and it shows on the show um but yeah, um, I definitely think the whole uh, two sides and Suri essentially decides which side is going to win between like the couple's alliance. The, I mean, Amanda and James <laughs> are not a couple, but they're like paired up. And the other alliance, which is like the Vanuatu women with um, Yao Man and Penner. And Suri's like kind of with them at the beginning because I think they had fair play and like Parvati was the target, but then fair play was like, send me home. And so then Sari found herself like smack in the middle when there's nine of them. Um, 
very disappointed in fair play, by the way, but we don't really need to talk about that that much. I mean, it was just, I feel like just bad. It, yeah, but it did, like you just said, change the entire outcome of the rest of the season. Because if he had, like, instead of saying everybody vote me out, like chosen a side in an alliance, especially if it was, you know, the Eliza Yao Man Panner alliance, like the, the people who went deep in the game would have been an entirely different set of people. Yeah, he, I mean, he managed to top 12 episodes of whining in Pearl Islands with one episode in Micronesia. Like, basically just come, he was like, oh, y'all man, such a bully. Like, he hit me going for the idol. He's not the favorite, you guys, th- like, to the camera. Like, he's not as great as you guys think. And then he was whining about missing home or whatever. I, I don't think that was why. I think he saw that he can't possibly win just with the group he's in and the dynamics. And he's like, oh, forget this. I'm going home. Like, that's what I what I saw. Yeah, he had his original season was a strategy that can only work one time. Once everybody's seen it happen, <laughs> you can't do it a second time. So, yeah, I, I don't think he thought he had a shot at all. I think he just wanted to come back in his Jeff Probst outfit and then go out. Collect his check. Yeah. So we have a, a pretty good back and forth here for the first couple tribals before the swap. Um, there was, so obviously fair play went first. And then this is where the, the interesting thing on the fans tribe was there was this little like old people alliance and they think, oh, we're on the bottom and there's these seven over here. But Joel actually kind of maneuvers because he realizes his biggest rival is in his alliance. It's not Kathy and Chet, it's Mikey B. So Joel takes a swing at him by getting rid of Mary, who he perceives as his close ally. And then at the next tribal, he gets rid of Mikey B. So Joel, although he looks like this like brutish, like barbarian guy, he's like such a caricature. And I think the only reason genuinely they cast him is as a foil to James just in challenges because that we see that come up several times. Even Jeff mentions it, but he turned out to be a pretty adept strategist surprisingly. Yeah. I think his strategy was a good one. If I thought it was jumping the gun because it was so fast to come out with that. Let me turn on this guy. I also, that is my least favorite move in survivor is if I'm after a strong physical male player, let me get the girl that's closest to him. That bothers me. I just think, because it was so early and it was such a blind side too. And like, it's not like Mikey had an idol or had one individual immunity. Like he could have just gone straight for Mikey. There was no need to go for Mary first to weaken him or whatever. I think they wanted to, they, he wanted to win challenges. I think that was his logic. Um, Yeah. It might've been more difficult to turn people on Mikey than it was on Mary. Like maybe that was part of it. Cause I think it was Kathy was safe, right? She had found that cause Yao man had told her where the idol was. So she was safe. And she was kind of like the obvious target. Um, and then the set, the next up was Chet, I think, from like the Mikey group. I think they were voting for Chet. Chet and Tracy, kind of. Um, and so Joel kind of flipped it and turned it on Mary in that one. And then the next one, he just goes right for Mikey when they're again trying to take out Chet. Even though he hates Chet, he yeah. realizes that Chet <laughs> is not scared. Chet's no threat. Chet is yeah. not scary to him at all. And then we get the the drag through the mud thing, which was, uh, it was a little shocking. It was. I it was forgot. I forgot how brutal like some of these challenges can be until you see, like a lot of people on that challenge just getting banged against woodwork, and obviously, especially Chet, literally dragging behind Joel like a bag of sand was 
honestly, like I was grimacing watching it. Right. And then like all great pre-merge villains, Joel has to meet his end at eventually. Um, and that's what ends up happening uh, after the swap. So right after the Mikey B tribal, they actually mix the tribes up uh, and Joel ends up being the victim of a, uh, I think it was like half, was it half favorites? I think so. Yeah. It was like mostly the, he got kind of on a tribe with a lot of favorites um, and unfortunately was the strongest one of the fans that they perceived on that tribe that included Chet. Uh, so they, they opted to get rid of him. Uh, he was trying to get rid of Chet, but, but couldn't pull it off. The swap is interesting here, Lindsay, um, because we get essentially what's going to set up the end game because Parvati ends up on a tribe with uh, Alexis and Natalie who become some of her closest allies moving forward. And she's also separated from, uh, she's separated from Ozzy. She's separated from James. Um, so, and even Serena Amanda. So the people she was in an alliance with, she has to pivot. And that also ends up being like a major part of her strategy for the post-merge. Um, so we lucked into these swap tribes because I don't think it would have been played out quite as well without this swap. Yeah, I think like on the topic of, you know, Parvati connecting with Alexis and Natalie, um, that is like the the action behind one of my favorite um, conversations that has happened on Survivor so far, where we have later on when they merge, come back together. Parvati goes up to Amanda and she says, don't get mad at me, but I put you in an alliance without you being there, um, which I thought was just like a really funny way of like phrasing what was going on. Like she wasn't like, but how about you work with me alexis like she literally was like i put you in alliance you're in it because you can't she's come, you can't leave she's yeah just the most sari suffers from she would be hands down the most charismatic person if the most charismatic person on the planet was not on the tribe with her out there yep. so i just i i've read like people like obviously the season's been over for a couple months now and i've read in interviews people like talk about her whether it's like out there on the tr or like other survivors who've like have met her at events or something like from cook islands between the two and they said that you just like you just instantly lose all of your like reservations like she just starts talking to you and and it's not like a like a uh attraction thing even it's not just people who are attracted to women who are it's it's like women who are attracted to men just having a conversation with her and she just like charms them like she just has this amazing talent and you can see it on the screen because people pretty much do whatever she says even when she's like the number one target except eliza who hates her but other than that everyone else is completely enamored with her yeah i i've i've been saying now since probably three or four episodes before the very end if People always ask, you know, if you could sit at a dinner table with, you know, four people, dead or alive, who would it be? I've always said I would love to sit down with Sari, Natalie, Amanda, and Parvati and just <laughs> see what a conversation with those people looks like in real life. Because yeah. you get a lot of it through the TV screen, but the things that all four of them as individual players and together were like able to talk their way out of is unbelievable. Yeah, really. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's incredible that 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 was able to form just by chance and then that they had their kind of three with Sari 
And of course, like Ozzy and James were there. And then like Parvati managed to just by herself pull in two people from the other tribe where they're supposed to be. The theme of the season is fans versus favorites. And she's like apparently really scary, even though like if you watch Cook Islands, it's kind of like she didn't. I mean, she was just kind of one part of the eight-person alliance that just got decimated by the real heroes of the season, including Ozzy. Yeah. And that was it. That was her whole, like, yeah, she, like, flirted a little, and she was, like, kind of funny and talking to Jeff and whatever. But there was no, like, big thing that made her stand out, at least for me as a viewer. So I don't know what they're talking about in this first couple episodes that Parvati's this. I think it's, like, a Penner thing. Like, he was, like, very scared of her on the season or like the people he interacted with were very charmed by her and he didn't want that. So maybe that was, that was part of it. Speaking of Penner, uh, right after the swap, he is unfortunately going to be medically evacuated because of an infection in his knee. The doctor says it could potentially be fatal if it's not treated. And obviously they can't treat him on the Island. So he has to be removed from the game, which is just devastating. I love Penner. I love his like banter with Jeff and, that whole thing so very disappointing uh what did you think about that yeah i think obviously a medevac's never fun because you want to see someone able to play the game to their fullest ability and if they go out by vote they go out by vote that's the way the game is but especially for something so like silly almost as like a cut and an infection which is like the simplest thing that can happen to you out there it's like so hard to see someone lose the game because of it Right. And I mean, this doesn't happen very often. Uh, We've only had two people ever medically evacuated from the game. And this season we saw two, twice someone. So we doubled the number of evacuations in a single season. I mean, that's crazy. From the the same thing too. Like, it's not like they were two unrelated, like both of them just had infections, which... Yeah. When you think about it, it's like, how has this not happened before? Because you are in a very unsanitary environment. Right. And it does, it is going to happen to James a little bit later. Honestly, we'll, we'll get to the post-merge, but he was going home anyway. True. And he was hurt, so he probably wasn't going to win immunity. So it didn't really affect the game as much as this one may have. Um because he was just in a position where like literally he had that conversation with Parvati and he's like, so I'm, I'm out. She's like, yeah. So that was, that was it, you know? Yeah. If, if like, anything, it just let him keep his pride. As sad as it was, uh, not as bad as the Penner one, in my opinion. True. Anyway. True. Yeah. There was so much game left to be played like on Penner's end from where he got removed. Right. So that, um, that orange tribe, Irai, I think it was, um, they win like every challenge, but because of the medevac, and then Kathy's going to quit uh, after one more challenge, they end up like somewhat even with the the purple tribe uh, because they have like unforeseen circumstances. So uh, Penner's going to get eliminated, and then there's a predictable Chet boot um, because Eric is probably more workable and also better in challenges. So the favorites are like, yeah, let's keep Eric. So that was kind of, I mean, it was inevitable. Chet was not going to last uh, very long in this game. And then right after is Kathy's just, she's just done. Uh, She's overwhelmed. She misses her kids. She's been, this has been her storyline the whole time. She had some social issues at the beginning with asking some rather inappropriate questions. Um, And people were very confused by her. The younger women, the younger men just didn't really get her. And she was just feeling like I'm dead. And this is 
interesting because we actually see Jeff show sympathy towards someone who quits. Uh, when Austin quit, he was furious in Pearl Islands. So Kathy's, I think it had been, she probably had a couple conversations maybe with production already that, hey, I'm, I, I don't know how much longer I can, I can keep at it. And it's hard out there. It's not for, not for everybody. No, it also was on the heels of that like really, really awful rainstorm. So I think that especially for someone like Kathy, who was already struggling, it was a little bit more understandable that that was her last draw. Yeah, the rain was brutal this season. We didn't really get as much like wildlife as there has been maybe the last few seasons uh, when they were out in like BG and Cook Islands. There was a lot of like snakes and um stuff like that. And then China, obviously, um, they had to deal with a lot of interesting elements there. But this was very much about the weather, weather, like the rain there. Um, and it, I, it was rough. some of those nights when they like huddled in that cave with bats in it. I was like, it must be really bad for them to like go in the cave and stay there for the night. Like that's, that's crazy. Yeah. I think some of the best imagery that really sums up just like how beaten down they were from the rain is there's a moment where Joel was sleeping like in the boat and you just see him. He's like sand stuck all over him and just a lifeless look in his eyes, like staring off into the distance <laughs> because he clearly just like hadn't slept. Like in order for you to crawl into a canoe and try and sleep sitting upright in it, like that yep. is the only way you can get even a little bit comfortable and just the sand stuck to all of them. You could tell like, how were they going to dry out? Joel is, he is an interesting look too. Honestly, if they gave me like the job titles of all of the people on this season and the, just their photos and I didn't know who they were, I would have put Gravedigger next to Joel's name a hundred percent of the time. Um, Okay. So then Kathy is going to quit. um, And so we're down to, uh, I believe the final like 11 um and we still have kind of the two tribes but this this purple tribe they can't win anything uh and they're gonna go to two straight tribals and unfortunately have to vote out i i felt like if orange went to tribal it might have been a little bit better um just for the but i mean we got great post-merge so but tracy and amy I really enjoyed both of them on this season. One a fan, one a favorite. Uh, and they go back to back here, kind of a victim of the, um, you know, the larger group, the Amanda Suri and, and Ozzy uh, squad here. Uh, so what did you think of, of this uh, just before the merge section? Yeah, I think the Tracy boot we saw coming. She wasn't connected to any of the favorites. She sort of was the obvious bottom of everything. Um, and the Amy one, I think... Like, I want to fault her a little bit for it because I think that she felt ostracized from them because obviously there was an age difference. They had like coupled up and like Sari was in with them. Um, But I think that she let that get to her and then stopped trying to work with them. So she sort of allowed herself to fall to the bottom of that. And then just the tribal watching her like plead with them was it was heartbreaking and frustrating at the same time because I was getting a little bit of secondhand embarrassment from just watching that whole conversation. Cause I was like, if you're gonna, if you're gonna plead your case, like do it with your, your chin up and do it like with a game standpoint, instead of just sort of, I don't know, she was like very weepy and I was uncomfortable. That one was rough. 
It was it was very uncharacteristic because on Vanuatu, I mean, her nickname was like the Ice Queen. She was like Jerry 2.0. Like she was very much like cutthroat. Like we got to get these men out. And she was the the leader of the group. And like Leanne was her strategist. And they went out back to back because of Chris's shenanigans, um, of course. Uh, but when they brought her back, I was thinking they would get that same like villainess kind of thing. But we actually got it from the her opponents, like Parvati and Amanda, which is interesting. Um, but that was rough. I mean, Eric was lying, so but they were all they all believed him and believed that Eric would be better for their game than Amy. They were thinking like, oh, Amy's gonna flip to the fans or whatever. Um, but like Eric, Ozzy felt like he had Eric. Uh, Eric very much like idolized him and was like, hey, teach me how to get coconuts. So I think it was Ozzy that was kind of behind this. But I must say, I was it was it was hard uh, when she's like crying at tribals. Not just uncharacteristic, but she seemed like she really, really wanted to be there. And to just miss the Burge uh, must be really painful. That's right. Yeah, and it also shows you just how beaten down they must have been. Because, you know, once again, completely out of character. So it's obvious that just the elements and, you know, everything outside of the game even was beating her down so much that like she just had nothing left to give other than every emotion she had poured out in a tribal council right yeah definitely but what this uh, these unfortunate eliminations set up is the greatest series of blind sides not just like one or two episodes but like hit after hit like soldier boy's latest album just just all hits just every single i was at the edge of my seat every tribal of the merch do you, do you disagree because they there were some incredible ones i agree 100 percent. this was and it wasn't low-hanging fruit either like when you think series of blindsides you think you're playing with a bunch of dummies and they just can't see it coming but no these are good smart survivor players that just got outwitted by the Black Widow Brigade. Yes, and of course, that's what they're going to be become known for at the very end. Uh, you know, the witches stirring in the cauldron and Parvati <laughs> and Natalie laughing. It's it's very funny and so incredibly like. It's just it's so it's so fun to watch because they're all such interesting. It's not like you have like one person who's like a total dud. The least compelling person of them is Alexis, and she still is compelling in her own. She's like a motivational speaker, like she has to be. Um, but at the same, like all five of them or six even are just so interesting. And but the people they eliminate also interesting, like just. A plus casting. They got lucky with who actually made the merge, but at the same time, just incredible. So let's let's start. Let's go like episode by episode because this is so cool. We have to talk about like everything in this, which is why we kind of rushed through the pre-merge a little. But so the first one, this is set up by Ozzy finding the idol on it. Oh, by the way, the idol is back uh, for yes. fourth season. This is it's the same one that we saw in Fiji and China, um, where you have to play it. Um, before the votes are read and you have to get it on exile um, or in one case at camp actually uh, which yes. we'll, we'll talk about um, but actually this is the first uh, we're, we're going to get the first ever idol play that actually works no <laughs> one's ever like played it before which is really cool uh, so this is set up by Ozzy going to exile and finding the idol 
Uh, they had to like go back and forth across the ocean like a bunch of times. So they must have been out there on exile like a long time. Um, yeah. And Ozzy gets the idol and he makes a little fake idol. It's a little stick and he like puts some right, carves a, like a little face into it. What did you think of Ozzy's handiwork? How, how realistic me. on a scale of one to 10? You're telling me that's the best he could do by himself <laughs> on exile with all that time. Like, and even like looking at the real one, I feel like that's not that hard to recreate if you're going to be cart. Like, I feel like you could have shaped it a little more. But honestly, I cannot believe how much this thing just still looks like a plain stick. Like, did he do anything at all? This one was doable. Like, the, the one from Panama was like a shrunken head. Like, there's no way you can get that out here. You know what I mean? But this one, it was just like a lot of beads and feathers and stuff. And he it was totally a carved, come a lot closer. A little carved totem. Like, he, he could have just shaped it a little, I guess. <laughs> so, Ozzy's got the idol. It's in his pocket. Uh, does, and I don't think anyone knows about it, right? I don't think so. Did he tell no. Amanda? I don't. We don't see it. So we don't, she might know, but we don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. Okay. So uh, Jason, we haven't talked about Jason yet. Jason's no. the lovable doofus <laughs> of the favorites tribe or the fans tribe. Uh, he's the Beavis to Eric's butthead. Uh, there <laughs> seem to be cut from a little bit of the same cloth. Jason's more of like the stoner surfer dude. And Eric's more of like the geeky, like Napoleon Dynamite yeah uh, guy um but they're they're in they're kind of two two heads to the same dragon in a way uh jason just kind of a doofus so naturally he gets all the clues he's very savvy jason he goes across the ocean like five times and he what's this and he unwraps it. it's like oh it's a hidden immunity he holds it up to the camera he's uh, and it's this little stick with the face on it that yeah. ozzy made Oh gosh, so funny. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think it could have happened to a more perfect person to <laughs> find this re-hidden fake idol that Ozzy's put there. This, I, I, I think this is like, it's, it's just I like I don't have a word other than perfect. It's absolutely <laughs> perfect. Like I think the producers were probably you know sitting there watching like camera like footage going, oh my god, no way, this is perfect. This could not have worked out better. This is going to be fantastic television. Yeah. So he he of course brings us back to camp, and um, he's in a rough spot uh, to say the least. Yeah. So we have Eric, who's kind of been adopted by Ozzy. He's like Ozzy's son, right? So he's Ozzy's got him. And then we have from the, the other tribe from the swap, Parvati has kind of taken in Natalie and Alexis. And it's clear to everybody that they've been working together, even like Serena Amanda. So Jace, Eliza looks around and goes, uh-oh, it's just like at the beginning, I'm on the bottom. Uh, and she had kind of become friends with Jason on their swap tribe. Um, and she kind of, she's like, hey man, like we're next. Uh, we got to do something. So what does Jason do? Well, he goes out and he wins himself immunity. This was that awful challenge where the tide is coming in and they have to like breathe through. I hate it. It's so I, like freaky. I wouldn't last five seconds. I know they're in no real danger, but at the same time, it's cool to like use the natural like way the earth works in a challenge. But at the same time, it's, it freaks me out. Yeah. I'm glad to know that, that uh, you have the same reaction to it that it's it's not it's not fun it's almost like when they have to like eat the 
the meat or whatever and like spit it onto I forget what season that was on maybe like Thailand they had like the big thing of meat and they had to like put it on like a mat or so or like they had to like weigh it it was disgusting yeah yeah I I feel like uh, well I wouldn't be excited to do it I would far prefer a gross challenge to a drowning challenge um just personally that's that's fair so jason wins immunity and production is just rubbing their hands together and they're saying <laughs> oh this is perfect Could he's not got be one better. ally he's got one ally who has the best reaction face out there and <laughs> will yell at him and they're like oh my god and actually she did an inter like in her post-show interviews eliza said she saw the camera people running towards her yeah and she goes, is something wrong? Like, she's thinking, like, oh, there's, like, an emergency. Because they never run. Yeah. Later on, she was told, like, after the season wrapped, that they were told if they missed her opening the stick, that they would be fired. <laughs> because they needed the shot that bad. So, Jason gives her the package. It's wrapped up. So she and he's so smug about it. He's too. so excited. He, he wins the immunity, and she's like, I'm next. He's like, don't worry. I got you. Don't worry. We're so He says, don't worry, baby. That's what he says. Yeah. (laughs) And Eliza's this like little, uh, little firecracker from, uh, I think it's Queens or Brooklyn, definitely New York city. Yeah. Like will go off. Like there's, there's attitude. It's a Eliza's so funny. (laughs) So she opens up and what is it? It's It's a (laughs) So what does she say? She says, it's not it. This isn't it. She goes, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he's like it's, it's not <laughs> she goes running to find him and is like what are you trying to like mess with me like she thought there's no way this guy really thought it was the oh, idol yeah. who would be that stupid he's <laughs> genuine he really thinks it is he thinks he's doing he's, her a favor he, he's confused he's like brow furrowed he goes it's not she goes it's an effing stick <laughs> <laughs> and he goes he goes bummer <laughs> It's up there with the the dead grandma lie, the Jerry Springer confessional, as like the funniest like single line in Survivor <laughs> history. It's an there was a lot stick. on this season. Oh, a my lot gosh, of one liners. So we'll we'll get to the auction because that's just ripe with comedy. Oh too. yeah. But, oh yeah. So Eliza goes, well, I guess I'm gonna play it, and so they go to tribal. She gets up, and it's like, oh my gosh, this is the first ever. The first ever idol play, Lindsay, is a fake idol. No one ever played a real idol. James went home with two in China. Um, Yao Man never needed his. And Fe- oh wait, I'm sorry. Um, in in Fiji, they played the idol. I, I totally forgot, but yeah. it was never successfully played. They played yeah. the idol and then they switched it to Edgardo in Fiji. But we're thinking, oh my gosh, the, the other people are like. It's the first idol play because they all voted for Eliza, you know, um, and it's like, oh, no, like what's going to happen? Who did Eliza and Jason vote for? And Jeff goes, this is not Not. a hidden immunity idol. And he throws it into the fire. (laughs) And Ozzy says, Ozzy goes, oh, come on, Jeff. I worked hard on that. It took hours to make. He says, and everybody laughs. Eliza wasn't laughing, but no. So Eliza, of course, calls had called him out and was like, that means Ozzy has it. And he made the fake one. He goes, sorry, I couldn't tell you guys. Like the arrogant, like he's so obnoxious guy. He was this season. Definitely. He was like 
over the moon. He's like, I got my girl, I got my boys, yeah. I got my alliance. He thought he had it. will babe. never turn on me. <laughs> you sweet summer child. Uh, so Eliza <laughs> goes home, and thank goodness for that because she gave us some of the best jury reactions to all of these blind sides. Like she kind of made the season great just with her reactions. Oh yeah. Um, So she's going to go and sit over there and uh, we're rolling. We're rolling here, Lindsay. This season does not stop. All gas, no breaks. Because the next episode is probably the most shocking blind side that we've seen in Survivor. True. Every season there's like one or two surprises, but this, like James, James from last season, I didn't think that was going to get topped. His own alliance turning on him when he had two idols in his two pocket. Two idols in his pockets. Although, did those things fit in a pocket? Or yeah, the big square, <laughs> yeah. But this one, I think, is going to top it. So let's, let's review, let's recap Ozzy's game up to this point. Yes. He has voted correctly in every single tribal. He His tribe won more challenges, both his pre-swap and his swap challenge, won more challenges than the other tribe. He's got a showmance. Mm-hmm. He's got James An apprentice. and Eric in his pocket. He has, <laughs> at least from his perspective, he's got Parvati and Sari on yep. his side. He's thinking, Yule who? This is my game. This is oh, my yeah. turn. And he is on top of the world, Lindsay. For good reason. He's yeah. in a great position. Yeah. And in one episode, in one episode, it's all going to come tumbling down. Oh, yeah. And that is a testament to the eight steps ahead thinking of the women of this season. Because poverty orchestrates, you know, this idea without even telling who at the time is kind of her number one alliance. It's her number one rotates a little, but well, her and Amanda have man, been so. have been tight yeah. the whole game. Her and James have been tight the whole game. She doesn't tell either one of them. I'm going to give Sari a lot of credit for the idea because she's sure. been thinking it. You can tell. Oh, yeah. she, this doesn't come out of nowhere. No. This isn't like she wakes up in the morning after Jason's gone. It's like Ozzy's neck or Eliza's gone. It's like Ozzy's neck. She's like, been thinking about this for like weeks yeah and so she approaches parvati parvati's like yeah i can get my other two girls don't tell amanda yeah and that's key because ozzy has an idol so they have to really intricately play this to get around it mm-hmm. like it has to be the most blind blind side ever so impressive amazing so we get to the immunity challenge and uh i think jason wins again which makes it even easier for them yeah to do it because he was next to go otherwise so i think ozzy's probably i i can't i think ozzy ends up voting for oh no i'm sorry jason didn't win immunity um that was the the previous time uh someone someone else won i think it was eric um because the the rest of the like Ozzy and Amanda voted for and Eric voted for Jason, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's so close to like they they o- only need five votes they get five votes like they mm-hmm. didn't risk uh, trying to pull in Eric or like they didn't need James or Amanda like they just did it without them, and just an absolute like stealth in the night just attack. Uh, so so impressive one of the better moves that I think I've ever seen and. Two of the orchestrators of it go to the final three. 
Uh, so clearly it was the right decision, Lindsay. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that, once again, is so great about Ceri's gameplay is she is the one with all of the mastermind ideas, but she's never the one in the trenches. She's so good at looking at one of her allies and saying, you know, it would be great if we tried this. And she goes to the right person at the right time who has the resources that she needs to use. She, like in this particular instance, she's using Parvati's relationships with Alexis and with Natalie. In other situations, you know, she's using in the future, which we'll, we'll get to, she uses Natalie as a sweet talker. She uses Parvati as a sweet talker. She uses Amanda as a sweet talker. And she just sort of sits in the middle of all of it and is the one thinking. Right. Yeah, definitely. So what ends up happening is the votes start coming out and it gets to two votes. I think so after two votes, Ozzy's like, okay, maybe like Alexis voted for me or something. But when that third Ozzy vote comes up, he's like sweating a little. He kind of, he's like looking around like what Amanda has this confused look on her face. Like who's doing this. And then the fourth one comes out because that means the fourth one means either Parv or Sari voted for Ozzy and Amanda knows that the jig is up and she's like, Oh my God, Ceri's trying to flip it. And then in her mind, it's probably like, but who could she have got? Like, did Eric turn on it? Like I thought Eric was friends with Ozzy. And then that it's four to four. Jeff says person voted out of survivor fans versus favorites. And it's Ozzy. And it cuts immediately to Eliza and her, she has her hand on her chest kind of hunched over shoulders forward, just like, open mouth like gaping like i didn't know a human being could open their mouth that wide her jaw is on the floor she cannot believe it Lindsay. yeah i think i mean my jaw is on the floor right alongside with all of theirs because even though i sort of knew that this was you know in motion there's a lot of times in survivor where i'm like oh that would be an awesome move listening to people talk about it and then you get to the tribal and they don't do it because they're like i'm not gonna turn to my ally so to like when it does happen and when it when I truly believe that it is the best move because yeah he's an incredible physical threat and he sort of likes to be in charge so he's never gonna be a vote that you can use to do what you want it's always gonna be you have to do what Ozzy wants so I, I agreed with the move and they orchestrate the move so I also was like over the moon like this is good survivor yeah I, I like Ozzy but I can't deny how entertaining that move was from the reactions of Amanda and James uh, to Ozzy just being complete. Like he turns around and he's just like, I can't believe you did this to me. Cause him and part, remember him and Parvati are from the same season. Like they're friends outside of the game. Uh, so Ozzy is sent packing. He's the second member of a jury and he's going to wear this ridiculous poncho to every single tribal <laughs> from now on. Um so just when you think, Lindsay, just when there's a little bit of a lull and you're thinking, okay, well, they got rid of Ozzy. Now it's obviously Jason, right? Because he's the he's a big physical threat. He was on the bottom before. They took a break from their plan to get rid of Ozzy, right? So that's that's what you're thinking. Yeah, I mean, it's looking like low-hanging fruit. Let's kick Jason. Sure. And then probably James is next. I mean, him and Parvati have a conversation. He's basically like, so uh, is it me? She's like, yeah, big guy. Sorry. Uh, but then what then he, happens? He throws a little tantrum. What happens, Lindsay? Natalie, this is the auction, by the way. So we'll, but I want to talk about the Jason. So Natalie, as part of the auction, 
she gets like uh, she bids on an item and it's like a sealed bottle mm-hmm. and she opens it and it says send one person exile island take the rest of their money so she sends jason takes his money and she like buys food with it and yeah. jason's all mad but also she was like well i wanted to give you a chance to go look for the idol because ozzy's gone and jeff says this jeff goes since ozzy went home with an idol it's been rehid they didn't do this in china yeah uh they did it in fiji i think or maybe not. No, because Yao Man had the idol for the other tribe. But this is the first. They've actually rehidden the idol. And this is going to come up again later, too. So Jason goes to exile. Guess what he does? He finds the idol. He finds the idol. Incredible. Now he's got protection, at least for this tribal. He has a good chance to win immunity. Maybe he can make a deep run at this, Lindsay. What, what do you think? What do you think his chances are once he picks up that idol? I'm thinking he knows it's him coming. But it's tricky when you have a hidden immunity idol and everyone knows it because they know he is now um, experienced at interpreting the clues. They're going to just assume he has it. So you're not going to really be able to get a jaw-dropping immunity play in there because they're going to be playing safe that you have it. But he can use it as leverage to, you know, get his way into an alliance, pick up a new ally, say, hey, maybe I played for you. Maybe I played for them. We'll get out your number one target and you don't have to, you know, listen to your alliance. So there's a million things he can do with this leverage now. Or win one immunity in addition to it, either of the next two times. And you're in the final six. And a lot can twice, change yep. at the final six because now people are setting up their end game. So Jason finds this idol. Maybe the underdog story can come true. Maybe that Aussie blindside was setting up for Jason to come from behind with the stick debacle and win the game. Of course, at the auction, we had that cake moment, which is just so funny. What, what did you think about that? Truly iconic. Well, I mean, first of all, we have Natalie has the worst auction luck probably in the world until she gets to steal Jason's money. She's just getting <laughs> nonsense. The bat soup. What is that? Um, oh, the <laughs> yeah. James, James eats it. He eats likes it. it. He eats it. He loves bat soup. But yeah, then we get the chocolate cake where they have what? Two minutes or something for Cerise, the one who bit on it, I believe. Um yeah. Is it? Or, no, yeah. it was Natalie because she had no, stolen all of uh, yeah. Jason's money. <laughs> Natalie gets the cake and she gets to pick, I think, two people to eat it with her, right? And Parvati and Sari are going to so eat it with her. Parvati and Sari, or maybe it's three because I think Amanda eats it too. Okay. Um, yeah. So all the, the girls start eating the cake and they have a time limit to shove it down their face. So first we yeah. have this amazing you know montage yeah. of these they take, like, like handfuls of, of these like normally like very poised attractive women just stuffing <laughs> chocolate cake in their mouths like eating with their hands natalie gets that first big bite talking before while their food, food in their oh, mouth yeah. yeah and then we have eric in the back go i'll give you each 10 bucks to lick your fingers when you're done or whatever and so then it no one responds to him they're busy eating their cake whatever and then the minute time's up, so he looks at Eric and goes, you said, you said how much? <laughs> and he's like, and James goes, like, oh, he's serious. Yeah. And she goes, 20. <laughs> and so they cut a deal. Eric pays three, 20, 20 bucks. with cake stuffed 20, in her mouth, 20 a finger. First yeah. of all, <laughs> starts licking Suri's fingers. And then we get James. Something's Iconic wrong with that James boy. From the background. Something's wrong with that boy. <laughs> Oh, oh, that's, that's disgusting. Wrong. That's wrong. <laughs> In his like very James way. Oh, yeah. so funny. Just one yeah. of the few ways Eric is an entertainment icon this season. I love the auction. I want to see it every season from, from now until. Mark Burnett, executive producer of Survivor currently. 
if you're watching this, we want the auction every season for like funny stuff like this. Hilarious. But what we don't want you to do is start including an advantage so that people hoard their money and won't bid on food every time there's an auction that ultimately leads to the auction being phased out of the show. Just it would the be thought. a travesty. Just horrible. <laughs> we don't want that. So, but it's amazing that all this happened in like one episode, by the way. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. So Jason's off on exile. Everybody else is eating cake and he's fighting an idol. And so we're thinking, okay, well, uh, James is going to come to the immunity challenge. Maybe he can win it. This time he doesn't. Eric wins. I think it's his birthday too. So it's like, oh, happy birthday, Eric. Happy birthday, Eric. <laughs> and somehow, somehow, Lindsay, Natalie convinces Jason, <laughs> listen, man, I got your back. Don't worry. Oh, you found the idol. Well, that's why I sent you to That was exile. my strategy. Really why she's- that was yeah, my strategy. I needed you to go and find the idol for us. So he's a little, Lions. he's mad at her, by the way. Like he comes back hot. He's like, yeah. I can't believe you did that. You know how much I needed food. And she, and he goes, and she goes, did you find it? And he <laughs> spills the beans. He's like, yeah, I found it. And then immediately she's like, oh, it's okay. Like we're, we're together. I got your back or whatever. And uh, he's immediately changes. He's like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> How did that happen? I mean, the guy's probably at this point so desperate for like an alliance. Friend, but like, yeah. it's, out of, it's out of absolute left field. So this is once again, one of the instances of if you can't beat him with these, with the muscles, you got to beat him with this, with the brain, which is Cerise, a three quote just, from later on. That might be the best confessional I think I've ever seen. So oh, funny. Yeah. Um, so I think she borrowed a little from Parvati here. And she like just tricked him into. Oh, yeah. So this dude, he loses immunity. He doesn't play his idol, Lindsay. Of she says, so. we're voting for James. So what does this <laughs> dummy do? He votes for James. He votes for James. Uh, there was, I think, J- uh, I think James votes for Parvati, like threw a stray vote on her for some reason. Like mad. very weird. Um, and so Jason, the Black Widows vote him out. And he does his Jason face where he like closes his eyes as tight as possible. So he, again, goes out with an idol in his pocket. This is like the third time someone's had an idol in a row. They've all gone out with them in their pocket, Lindsay. Crazy. In their pockets. Yep. So that's that's number three of our list of blind sides here. Um, so early in the next episode, this is when James is going to get medevaced. I think half the tribe was on a reward. So it was right after the reward challenge. Medical says, let's take another look. And they recommend that James, it's also a knee. I think it was the same knee too as Penner. No, it's his finger. Uh, oh, it's, I'm sorry. It's his yeah. finger. I'm, I, the, I'm, the knee, injur- an the knee injuries. The knee injury is Alexis. Oh, right. That's what but I was she, thinking of. Not yeah, James yeah. injuring his knee uh, at some other time. I'm and definitely James, thinking of Alexis. Like, potentially at some point in his maybe life, he has, James I has mean, a knee injury. His job is demanding. Uh, maybe <laughs> at a time where he's playing like a basketball game in in some like nets in the dirt. Yeah. Uh, at, yeah. at his job, he yes, hurts his, his job. knee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So, James, it's sad. Uh, I think Amanda just, like, starts bawling. Uh, I know they were, like, friends, but this was, like, very strange. Yeah, like, it was, like, out of left field. Like It's just Amanda and Eric at camp, I think. And then yeah. everyone else is on the, reward. the loved one's reward. And then one person's on exile, I think. 
Oh, I think yeah. I you're think right. Parvati's on Natalie? Exile. Oh yeah. Parvati's on Exile, and then um, Alexis, who won the Loved Ones Reward, I think. Um, Alexis brings Natalie, Natalie and Sari with her. Or um, yeah, because Sari didn't chop her little rope. Um, Sari was oh, like the reason. The, that's yeah. right. It's the, Sari that was one. the reason yeah. Alexis won because she got to like she was down to two people's ropes and she got to pick who's to chop. And so Alexis repays her by taking her on the reward. So they're on the reward. Parvati's on exile. They come back and they're like, "Where's James?" Yep. So James unfortunately is uh, is gonna go out here. Oh wait, no, it was Amanda. Amanda goes to exile. Oh yeah, it's Parvati and Erica. Yeah. Too. Yeah. So, um, so of course she comes back and she like starts crying or whatever. But the interesting thing is we see Amanda on exile and she gets like her clue or whatever. And the clue was that the idol was back at, at camp. Yeah. So she comes back to camp. I think they, they were like, Oh, did you find it? And she said, no, because she, she hadn't. She didn't have the idol. Well, I don't think they even ask. I think she just hits the beach and goes, you guys want to see my bag? I'll empty my bag. I don't have the idol. Oh, she yeah, she like, she fully volunteers that herself. And then she tells a half-truth, which I think is one of the best moves in Survivor, especially when there is something like Exile in play, where not everyone witnessed what you did, um, where she says, yeah, there was a clue underwater, and the current was so strong I couldn't get to it. There was a clue underwater, but she got to it. Oh, right, yeah. And, and so, because at this point, right, so Ozzy, her showmance was blindsided a couple tribals ago. Yes, Jason went home, the last one, but now she comes back to find James, her other close ally, who's not Parvati, who basically betrayed her, has been medevac. So now she's thinking, oh no, like, I don't know where, what my position is right now. Because yes, this Eric is kind of a buffer, but Natalie and Alexis are a lot closer to Parv than they are to her, like by, by a long shot. So Amanda is feeling vulnerable and well, guess what happens? Eric somehow wins immunity again. The, the golden boy of the season. He's, he learned a lot from Ozzy. I think climbing those coconut trees and swimming. What do you, what do you think? Uh, he's a cross country star, isn't he? So he's just an athletic guy. <laughs> yes. And an Either ice cream a, scooper. I don't know if it's he's a actually a cross country star. Job. I may have made that up because of the shorts, but he, he's definitely right. an athletic guy. Yeah. <laughs> So now Amanda's like, uh-oh, Eric's won immunity. Natalie and Alexis want to get rid of me. I know it. So what does she do? She goes and searches for the idol at camp, but they don't show us. This is the first time this yeah. happened. Every time someone's found an idol, they've shown us, Lindsay. And I think it's interesting that going into tribal, the viewer is thinking, Amanda's done. Like the Natalie and Alexis and Sari, they're all getting rid of her, and that's the end of it. There's no way she can she can survive. There's there's no way, Lindsay, right? Yeah. Well, all we get, you're right. Like all we get is her saying, Parvati, help. I know where the idol is, but I need you to help me get it. And then we see her digging. She's like, I might be digging all day. She's digging under the flag where it says that the idol would be, but we don't know. Mm -hmm. We don't right. know if she got to it. We don't know if she gets caught. We don't know. But just like literally every other merge tribal, our expectations are completely subverted when as the votes are placed and it's it's fairly clear from the tribal questions like Amanda's in trouble and even she knows it. She goes, hold that thought, Jeff. And she says, when I said I didn't have it, I didn't have it yet. So she didn't lie. I wasn't lying. And she pulls out this idol and she 
says, I got it. And she like <laughs> swings it around with like the centrifugal motion, like over to Jeff, like skipping. And James with his like IV attached to his finger is like <laughs> nodding. He's like, yeah, you got it. And Ozzy's smiling over there. Eliza's doing her Eliza face. Yeah, it was, it was shocking. And Alexis with her like hat is just like, can't believe well, it, Lindsay. And I'm like nervous too because Amanda hesitates. Like she doesn't right away jump on. I'm like, oh my god, she's not gonna right. play it. She's gonna go home. Like she thinks she's she thinks she like strategized her way out of this and isn't gonna play the idol. But then when she goes, hold on, Jeff. I'm like, yes, yes. I idol got play. it. I had to do that again. I'm sorry. <laughs> love love an so idol she play. Plays, this is the first time, Lindsay, that someone's actually canceled votes with an idol, which is what you're supposed to do with it. This is the only time it's ever happened in three seasons of this idol. Oh, yeah. And as Amazing. I'm watching this, starting after, you know, the first vote that gets read, every time Jeff pulls out a vote, I'm saying along with him, Amanda does not count. Amanda, Amanda. does not count. We, did, so we didn't know what satisfying. he was going to say. But after the first one, it was like, after oh, that's the first so one, cool like, that he's that is that's awesome. And I like that he like read them first. So they were like out yeah. of the way. And then we know there's only like two left. I think it was only Amanda and Parvati that voted for. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For Alexis uh yeah amanda and parvati yeah uh, i guess she's knows like parvati in on the plan yeah so alexis through really no fault of her own like she was in a good spot uh she had kind of pushed amanda out in a way with like the whole ozzy thing her and natalie idled out alexis yeah. just through good I amanda gameplay right she's the victim yeah. of amanda saving herself I think it's fitting, Lindsay, that in a fans versus favorite season, our final six is three fans and three favorites. That's and even, pretty awesome. The final eight was four and four. Yeah. You know? So we yeah. had a little bit of imbalance coming into the merge. I think it was like seven to four at one point. Um, but then we managed to even it out, which is which is really exciting. But of course, now we're down to it's three to two again. Uh, and spoiler alert, our final three is all favorites. <laughs> spoiler um, alert. All right. So that's the final six. And at this point, I'm having a heart attack, Lindsay. I, I mean, I don't know how much more of this I could take. The yeah. Aussie one was crazy. The Jason one was a little bit of a break, but still crazy. And this one, an idle play, Lindsay. How can they top this? Tell me, how can they top it? What? What's? The, how do they do it? You know, that's a fantastic question. It's been like amazing political gameplay after amazing political gameplay like all in a row and you've got this like weird dynamic where you have you know still an alliance of girls even though two of them just didn't tell the rest they were going to take one out and then you have you know the ice cream man um, <laughs> the so ice it's like cream man. what's what comes next you think you know right. easy for them to just you know pick off their their last man standing but he's a physical threat so it's not as easy as you think it would be He's becoming a problem for our heroes, the Black Widow Brigade. He uh, sure is. For a while, it was pretty simple. You know, get rid of the physical threats like Ozzy and Jason and James got hurt. And then, of course, was medevaced. So the people they were against were all pretty physical. And just this last one just won't go away. He's won like three immunities. So they go into this episode just thinking, all right, we just got to beat Eric. It's the only option because we want four girls in the final four. So what ha what happens at the immunity challenge? Let's see. What all they have to do? All they have to do is beat Eric. But they what happens? They got it. They're taking what is it? Like a little BB gun? They got to yep. hit their they got to hit hit their milk bottles. <laughs> and... Which Parvati's done a similar challenge in Cook Island, so like she should be good at this. 
Yeah, I mean, and some of them are off to a good start. We've got two girls uh -huh. out ahead with one, and Eric has one as well. But then all of a sudden, the Wonder Kid just hits <laughs> hits all of his bottles, and now what? Right. So now it's we're one episode away from the finale, and the girls are kind of looking at each other like, I don't know, like, I'm sorry, Natalie, like last one in, first one out, I guess. And Natalie's thinking, oh man, my game is sunk. But then. There's a little, a little idea is planted. I think it was, whose idea was it originally to try and convince Eric? Cerise. I think Cerise. this, this, the image of the four of them sitting down the way they were, I think will yep. forever be burned in well, my Parvati's brain. Parvati's on exile. So it's the three of them on that yeah, log, so it's the, right? The three of them sitting down around the yeah. fire and Cerise like, just, oh, man. Cerise just tosses out. She goes, Nat, you think he'll give you his necklace? <laughs> and they're like like i th i think amanda might actually laugh like they're all like yeah. are you kidding like, me no. sari like yeah. not a chance like you'd have to be stupid and eric even said eric even said at the last tribal when he had the necklace on when jeff was like you want to give it up eric's like that'd be ridiculous give up yep. my immunity of course ridiculous. They who would do that <laughs> so but it's interesting because as a viewer, I'm like, okay, this is just like the red herring they do just to like make tribal a little suspenseful. Just for like, fun. They after the last few, they can't have a completely dud tribal because that would be boring, right? That would be like, we had the climax of the season already and now we're going down. So I was like, there's no way, like this is just, so the first conversation, Parvati's still in exile. And the first conversation is Natalie's like, all right, Eric, I got a plan. He's like, all right, hit me with it. Like he's thinking, oh, we're going to, get one of them to turn on the others so I don't go home because Eric's probably closer to Natalie at this point. And she says, first, you give me your necklace. He goes, not doing that. Not happening. First thing he says, no. And she goes, hear me out. And he goes, all right. <laughs> but the craziest thing is Amanda and Sari also work him on their own separate angle from Natalie. Well, and they were working him even before, too. Like, at the prior tribal, they were attacking the poor kid. They were like, yeah. Eric's this big bad liar. Eric's the yeah. villain of the season. Not us. We're not witches. <laughs> Eric's evil. And yeah. so, yeah, then we get to, like, these conversations all happening. Happening. Natalie's like, Eric, um, they're, they're voting me. Please. I'll work with you. You gotta you save idol. me. You gotta save Amanda, me. He's like, Amanda That's guilt trips ridiculous. Him. Yeah, she's like, Amanda's like, you lied. You have to redeem yourself. The jury hates you. I yep. hate you. You uh -huh. have to fix this. And then Cerise's <laughs> like, I don't trust you, but I'll trust you if you give the necklace up. If you give the necklace up, that's my cue that I'm voting with you. And but so I, yeah. he has three magic reasons now to do the stupidest thing. Any survivor player, there is one way to be safe after the merge. What, to be sh for sure safe because with an idol play it's wishy-washy you don't know if you're playing it right you don't know if the votes right. have been split but a necklace around your neck from a challenge when you have individual immunity on you're safe done no if ands yeah. or buts when jeff <laughs> says you have immunity if you win this challenge that can't you can there's nothing that can erase that there's no magic hourglass that can get rid of that like that when can make you, you go immunity, back in time yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> You've won immunity. And he, Jeff won. even says, at every immunity challenge, like, once you get down to the nitty-gritty like this, Jeff says, you got a one in seven shot. You got a yep, one in six exactly. shot. You're guaranteed final five. Guaranteed. Mm -hmm. Unless you do something crazy. Yep. 
So I think Sari is what really gets him. Sari gets him with the, and he straight up asked her, he goes, should I like give it up? And she goes, it's up to you. But like, if you do it, I'll vote with you. Cause that's how I know that I can trust you because at this point he's thinking final three, he's not thinking about the next tribal because no. even like, even if he wins immunity, the person he wants to go home is not guaranteed to go home at, at four. Um, so he's thinking, well, if I can have Natalie and Sari and we get rid of, was it Parv? Was that the plan? I think it was Parv because that's who I he think voted it was, for. Yeah, they threw out Parvati. Then we can then get rid of Amanda because she's also a big threat. And then it's the three of us and maybe I can, I can win. So that's probably what he's thinking, right? So it's a combination of emotional and strategic, just all hitting him at once that causes this perfect storm. And it's just so impressive by all three of them that they kind of were on different pages, but also the same page at the same time. Well, and the thing that's crazy about this too is it's even more foolproof than like trying to flush an idol because like when it comes to an idol, you don't know until after you voted. So like they would have had to have safety votes on Natalie or like Parvati would be in jeopardy, which is why like when Parvati comes back from exile, they clue her her into what they're going to do. She's like, yeah, tell them to vote for me. I don't care because they they'll know before they vote whether or not they've pulled this off because it is a necklace and it has to be done before the votes are cast right so yeah like if they pull this off it's literally the most foolproof way to get this kid out did you know that parvati found the idol on exile she said in like an interview that she found it and she left it out there i do remember thinking like once it got to um final five i do remember being or final four i do remember being like Oh, he, Jeff said that last person that went to exile was the last chance to play it. They never showed because they could only play it at five. I was like, I was like, I wonder what happened to that idol. Did Parvati just not bother to look, or what happened? So but. apparently, she found it and left it there because Amanda emptied her bag. So she was thinking they were going to make her do the same thing. Yeah. And if she doesn't play it for Natalie, it would lose her the jury vote. So yep. she said in her like post game interviews that she purposely she didn't left want it. it. Yeah. Exactly. Which. Well, she just looked for it just that's to see never if she happened, could. right? Everybody always just puts it right in their pocket. So yeah, interesting that's, strategy. That's makes her almost like more iconic to me that she looked for it just to see if she could find it. So then we get to the big moment, and I'm still thinking it's a red herring. I'm like, they're they're working him, but like, there's no way this dude's giving it up. And then right before they they have the conversation is basically about it's all about Eric. It's Eric him. this, Eric that. They're guilt tripping him, you know. Yeah. So then it comes time to vote. And Eric goes, and Jeff asks the question that only one person ever has answered yes to. And they <laughs> won the season, by the way, in, in Amazon. So 100% success rate on giving up the necklace. Um, so in Eric's defense, yeah, he, he, if he gives it up, he wins, right? That's how it works. <laughs> So he says, I want to give individual immunity to Natalie. And the jury? jury, (laughs) Eliza, James. James is laughing. Alexis can't believe it. Ozzy's like, Ozzy's snickering. Not only is the jury laughing, but Amanda immediately breaks character, starts laughing. Parvati breaks character, starts laughing. Like, it's impossible not to. They can't believe it. He must have known from the minute the necklace sat around Natalie's neck, he must have been like, oops because of all of them even the ones still in the game still casting votes laughing he must have been like yeah i just got played so for the first time 
they show all of the votes. They showed <laughs> Eric voting for Parvin, all four of them, and they play their confessionals. Natalie thanks him. Sari, <laughs> of course, does her thing with the, you, you know, can't with, beat the, him with the these, brains. You beat him with this. Parvati calls him crazy. I forget Parvati what Amanda goes, said. It was, the other Parvati three Parvati says, that, this will go down as the stupidest. You're crazy. Yeah. She goes, you will go down as the stupidest survivor ever. Ever. And James says, I thought I was the dumbest survivor. When we're from the <laughs> he goes, I, yeah, he literally was like, I've lost, I've lost my reign as dumbest survivor ever. And as the votes get read, Eric just leaves and just says, you guys drive me crazy. Yeah. Like, and Jeff says, and that's what you call a life lesson. <laughs> so before we move on, I, this is, let me just crack my knuckles real quick, because I'd like to give yeah, a, sure. a defense of Eric's decision. Okay. So when people talk about this decision, it's all focused on the emotional manipulation, the toil, the stress, the fact that he's 20. I think, because that's the story this show tells us, because it's way more interesting. It's funny. It's compelling. I think it was a strategic decision, and here's why. Eric's, th this may have been exacerbated by what they were saying about the jury hating him, but Eric takes a look at the jury. He sees Eliza, Ozzy, James, a lot of favorites. He sees uh, Alexis, who was very close with Parvati and Amanda. If Eric thinks that Natalie is his only chance to win the game, then he's not, he's not playing for Final Four. He doesn't want to make it one more week. Eric wants to win the game. If he thinks, based on what he knows about the jury, about his current tribe mates, that Natalie is the only person that he can beat in a Final Two and maybe like a Final Three with, I don't know which of them has, I think in a Final Three like that, any of the three of them beat the two of them. But it ended up being a Final Two, so maybe Eric was right. Then he makes this move because if he does not, Natalie goes home, guaranteed. There is no scenario where Natalie does not go home if he doesn't give up the necklace. But sure. there is a scenario where Sari keeps her end of the bargain. Even if he didn't really believe it, even if he only thought there was a 20% chance of that happening, wouldn't you take it and maybe go for the win as opposed to playing for third place? Yeah, I actually, believe it or not, I'm going to agree with you because... You know, especially like, you know, watching his reaction to the votes being read. He's not shocked. He's not like hurt and embarrassed. Like he he says, you guys drive me crazy. But he walks out with his head held high. He's like, Jeff, yep. snuff my torch. Because I think he knew that it was a one in a million shot. But yeah. you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. So he had to take the shot. Because otherwise, yeah, you're right. He's left with Sari, Amanda, and Parvati who A, have made a final three pact, and B, are all going to beat him if he somehow makes it to that final three and pass the final four. So yeah, I or think- two. Or two, as it ended up being. But I think I agree with you. I think he was looking further ahead than the next day. I think he was saying, this is my only shot to win the game. So if I go out, I go out, but I have to take the shot. So let's have a little fun with it really quick, okay? All right. So say this, say Sari realizes Parv is my biggest threat, even right. in that split second moment, and Natalie goes along with it. Like if her and Natalie talked and were like, listen, if he does this, we should really do it. Yeah. Parv is out, okay? Yep. Now it's the final four. 
with them. I think so. I don't remember what was the final four immunity challenge. I know the final three was the plates. Um, the ladder. Or no, it was the cylinder with the. Um, oh, yeah. it was the pole. They had to lower the bucket and fill the. They had to the get keys. the keys, get their ladder rungs, and build a ladder puzzle. And I believe Parvati won. Oh, no, um, Amanda won. Amanda okay. wins. Yeah. So Amanda or Eric gets a toss up. If Amanda wins, Eric's gone. Right. But if Eric wins that challenge, he's in the final three that he wants because Amanda goes home there. Like no question. Right. Yeah. Yeah. If Sari and Natalie have like teamed up, that's well, if, Amanda yeah. is out. Well, Sari and Natalie, Sari at least, will look at the jury say, I see Ozzy, I see James, I see Parvati. I'm getting Amanda out of here. Because at this point, it's they still think it's final three. Yeah. So now it's Natalie, Sari and Eric in a final three. The, the, who knows who wins that marble game, right? Yep. But I don't think Sari would win. She did really poorly in that challenge. So Natalie or Eric. So, no, Sari went down to the final two with Amanda. Oh, oh, you're, I'm sorry. You're right. What was Ceri- I? Yeah. Oh, she did better than I thought, but yeah. I still think Natalie or Eric probably wins that challenge. And do they take each other? I think so. So like if Sari does this, I think Eric might actually win this season. I don't I don't know that he out talks the jury. He has a chance against a Natalie, chance. but he definitely has a bigger shot than he would have had sitting against literally anybody else. I do think that sitting next to Natalie is his only shot. It's it's a huge move to give up the necklace. I think Ozzy and James would respect that. I think Jason Absolutely. would vote for him. Eliza maybe. Like it would be close, but I think yeah. that he has a chance to win like 4-3. Um, I agree. So that's what he swung for the fences and he missed. And unfortunately, this poor man, he I've seen nothing but on like forums and stuff, just nothing but making fun of this poor guy. I mean, (laughs) he won like three immunities this season. Like he he did pretty well, right? Well, and he's also successfully made a few political moves. He bounced between a few alliances. You know, he set up with the Amy thing. Yeah, he set up Amy going home. So I think we should put a little more respect on the poor ice cream man's name. I give him more credit. Uh, Eric, if you're somehow listening to this, um, I give you (laughs) way more credit than I think most might. So that's that's my speculative rant slash defense because... I think it should be talked about more. I really I'll take do. it. I'll take it. I'll let you. I still think Sari wins the Marvel challenge and then it's all moot anyway, but I'll give it to you. All right. So moving on to, this is the first time we actually don't get a blind side in the whole merge is the Natalie uh, boot here where yeah. surprise, surprise, the three favorites who've been together from the beginning uh, vote Natalie out. I don't know why. I'm going to be honest. Yeah, I think that they were so set on their this is the final three and they had talked about Mm -hmm. it for so long that they just and they were probably all exhausted at this point, too, from the number of like tough political moves that they had just orchestrated. I think they just needed something easy. So like trying to turn on each other, I think just I don't think they had it in them to do at this point i think they were just like we said this was final three it's easy to just make it final three let's do it maybe amanda was nervous that betraying parb would lose her votes because that's the option right because parb is the kind of the challenge threat generally um yeah so amanda wins immunity she could have but i think natalie was more loyal to parb so like would natalie have voted parv out i mean maybe if it was her 
was the only option, but my fear in this point was that they were going to see Sari as the jury threat that she is and take Sari out and well, Natalie. Natalie did. <laughs> Natalie did. Um, but yeah, I think I just think that Amanda and Parvati were so committed to it, and you see this in the next you know episode or the next sort of section too. They were truly gutted by the idea of it not being the three of them. So I'm not surprised that they just chose to, it was an emotional decision, I think, but I'm not surprised they stuck with what they stuck with. Yeah. It it also doesn't piss anyone off. Like if one of them, so say like one of them decides to stray and make a tie, make fire. They look like that person is the one that might lose votes because they betrayed the, their two, you know? Yeah. Even though Parvati and Sari like voted against Ozzy, they never voted against Amanda. Well, right. Sari did, but uh, Parvati didn't. Um, right. Interesting. So yeah, Natalie kind of kind of anticlimactic to be honest. After the last few tribals, yeah. Um, she just kind of goes out with a whimper, and and I really like Natalie. She's she might have been my favorite fan. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. I know that's confusing. <laughs> the, the person I liked best from the fans tribe. How about that? Yeah, I think I think I think Kathy has a place in my heart, but I think as far as Survivor <laughs> players go, yeah, Natalie was definitely she my all-time run around of all of them. All-time <laughs> jury question, just I, so awkward. Like I up there still, with Lissy from Fiji. To this day, have no idea what that girl was trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> Even Jeff was like, "Do you understand this question?" So, I don't think anyone did. I love those jury questions. It's one of my favorite parts of the season. I, I love when each person has their individual chance to ask a question yeah. and have I, it responded to. I think that's a format that um, could never be broken up and never changed. Um, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. This right? one in particular, not to skip ahead too much, but this one in particular was painful to watch, but not because of the format, just because of the people. So the three ladies who we've been, our heroes that we've been watching our all heroes. Our, our anti-heroes, I think. They go down and they open tree mail to an emotional shock. They, they were expecting food. They were expecting OJ. The, the speculation, of course, in the online community is that they changed it because the last three seasons have been final threes, that they changed it back to a final two because there were mo- two medevacs and a quit and the schedule didn't make sense. So they had to do it like this, which is tragic. And it could have been so different if if this was the final tribal of these three, right? Oh, absolutely. I think it would have been a landslide victory for one particular person. Um, that person obviously- I don't being... know about landslide, but- I think been... la- based on the, the opinions of the jury that they voiced mm-hmm. in final tribal, I think that- Hands down, everyone would have voted for Suri. Some, I think you, some people you might were have a little had, mad at Parvati. I think you might have yeah. had one stray Parvati vote, but mm-hmm. I think that Suri sweeps the floor with the two of them. Interesting. Yeah, um, but instead we get one more immunity challenge, and especially Suri. I mean, the look on her face. She was counting on this. She was counting on this being her final three because she yep. knows in a in a final immunity challenge, if you take all fifteen final immunities that we've had before. And you pick one of them. She has a disadvantage in most of them in her yeah. eyes compared to Amanda and Parvati, who frankly are challenge beasts in yeah. their own right. Like, unquestionably. But like you said, she comes close because it's a marble. It's the marble pole challenge. She has a chance. It's a dexterity challenge. 
and she's she a surgical just, nurse. She just falls short. Yeah. Very it, sad. It, they it, give her like the hero exit, and I personally, I think that one of I think the biggest survivor injustices to date is having the final immunity be something to this effect because the reason i love you know the obstacle courses and like the multi-stage puzzles as a final immunity is because you're never out of it like amanda in the immunity challenge before with that they thought was final immunity she was behind the entire time but just hit it on the puzzle and pulled ahead of everybody and i love yeah. a challenge where you're never out of it especially when the stakes are you know sitting at final tribal versus not sitting at final tribal so i hate a challenge like the marble balancing where if you drop it you're out that's it i just i hate that as a final immunity because i just think the stakes are too high to not yeah. have someone win it because of heart and never giving up instead of you know the wind blows the wrong way a drop of sweat falls off your face the wrong way and you lose yeah i i definitely understand uh, I think they've gone away slightly from that last three people endurance thing since they've gone to final three. And like, this was probably, they probably threw this together last minute. Like, let's be honest. This was probably not like a planned thing. Um, this might've been like a reward challenge earlier that they had to like skip over and move some things around or something like that. But they've gone away from that because if you think about like the last few seasons when they've had final threes, that like last immunity was like kind of a, well, except for Panama, that was the last like final two before this. They had like that balancing thing, which I was fear because Terry was my favorite and he had no, there was no way he was winning that challenge, even though he won five others. Um, but that's, that's unrelated. Uh, I, I feel like they kind of threw it together and it wasn't like a big epic immunity kind of like Palau's or even Guatemala's where they just had to like hold on for as long as they could, you know? Yeah, it was a very but, tame, even endurance challenge. Yeah, but Sari, um, unfortunately, they, I mean, Amanda wins, they get back to camp and she knows, uh, she, she knows what's, what's happening. She knows that Amanda, she, Amanda might beat Parvati and can't beat her. There's no, yeah. Parvati maybe could have beat Sari, but Amanda, um, they, they have a pretty good read on the jury, I feel like, this season. Because they've been very expressive and reactive. Like, you can kind of tell who they're rooting for. Yeah, I think there's two elements to it, too. Um, we see it sort of in the argument that happens after the Natalie vote, where Amanda's like, Sari, why are you saying you're on the bottom of this alliance? Like, why are you saying all of that in front of the jury? And Sari's like, mm. you've said you can never write Parv's name down. Parv said she can never write your name down. Was I wrong? Yeah. No. Right. So we see that aspect of the personal relationship between Parvi and Amanda, them never being able to write each other's names down. And then on top of it, I don't think either one of them in, would be in their right mind to take Sari to a final two. So I think for me as a viewer and as someone who's been watching all of the moving parts of this game and especially that conversation they have after the Natalie vote, I'm like... There's no chance she's taking Sari. It's going to be Amanda and Parvati at the end. But, you yeah. know, we have all the drama, Amanda crying, acting like it's a hard decision. And I'm, mm -hmm. I'm sure it is emotionally a hard decision, but like, right. I, think she knew, I think she knew what decision she was going to make. It was just hard to make it. Yeah, no, definitely. And, and it was, it was rough. Uh, Sari, such a great game she played. I mean, she played so well in Panama too, and also fell just short. And to lose in this way to a surprise final two, it just, it sucks. There's no other way to say it. It sucks Almost. for her. It sucks for the audience. It sucks for her fans. 
it's almost as stomach churning as being voted out by default. Like that just sucks for a player like Sari. You know, um, if that could possibly ever happen in this game, you know, I just think that it's unfair to I watch. I mean, they had someone... two idols in China, right? If one person's right. immune and two people play idols at at five, I mean, there's only two people who could get votes. Exactly. So if something like that could ever come up, and, and being it, idled it out is happen. also pretty rough. Being right? idled out is also really rough. Yeah, um, I can't yeah. even imagine having any of those happen to me never mind multiple you know <laughs> i just i think especially because this wasn't just like sari was someone i was rooting for but she was i think without argument the the person who played the best this entire season mm. like she was overall yeah. she was involved in everything she came up with you know crazy things like you know taking eric's immunity away from him like she was hands down for me the one who outwitted, out outplayed, and outlasted everybody else, but she doesn't get to outlast because of a surprise final two. Yeah, and it's a shame. Uh, even in her jury question, I mean, it must—it's—it's it's raw, right? It's less than twenty-four hours from being voted out. You're asking a jury question. The last juror's question always seems to be very like raw and very emotional, um, and it's no exception here. At final tribal, they kind of grilled both of them in a way. Um, I don't think people were super happy with either. We get some really interesting questions though. I mean, we talked about Natalie's already, uh, obviously just very strange. Um, Ozzy's bizarro speech where he's going for an Oscar. He doesn't even ask a question. Uh, no pun intended. I don't think Oscar. that Ozzy, I don't think that that acting performance by Ozzy could get any worse. I mean, I, I, he's a pretty bad actor. Could you see him acting any worse than that? Maybe you know, in like a, a serious scenario where he's trying to trick a group of people into thinking he's mad at another group. I think I can't imagine, you know, him ever topping that. It was just, it was really um, compelling. I think this performance yeah. of his, his whole thing. I mean, really the whole thing, it was not for him to really say that he was falling in love with Amanda. Cause that was all bogus. Really, it was towards Parvati, and it was for revenge, basically. Yeah. I, I I think, as a whole, all of these jury speeches were just, like, nightmarish. And I think that <laughs> I have a theory that a lot of them might have had slightly different tones, at least, planned for what they were going to say. But I think Eliza kicking it off, everyone was just oh like, oh, we're going to be mean? Fire Let's and be brimstone. Mean. Yeah. Let's do Eliza. it. Parvati, yeah. you did this. Like, I thought the grilling she gave Chris was bad on Vanuatu for like lying to her for weeks. This was this was rough. Eliza Completely. came to play. She's like, been sitting over there stewing in it yep. for weeks. Absolutely jaw on the floor. I was like, oh, I felt once again, this is another point in the season where I was getting just secondhand embarrassment because I was like, oh <laughs> my God. And like Harvard and Amanda were both stunned too. They were like, how do like, we what? even go about answering this? Like, <laughs> like the concept of like, you're in one of the most like high pressure moments where you're like, this is it. This is where I make or break where I win the game. And all of a sudden you're being called just like a slew of names and like mm -hmm. someone is telling you that you're the worst person in the world when like yeah. you obviously don't think that it's like wow what now and so then i think that sets the tone for them too and how they answer is they're like how do i how do i mend that 
like hole that Eliza just blew in my character. Mm-hmm. Unreal. Yeah, definitely a very fiery, uh, despite the lack of Penner, uh, <laughs> still a very fiery final tribal. Uh, I would have loved to hear what he would have to say to these, these folks, but um, yeah. And so what ends up happening is at the end of the day, uh, Parvati is able to basically rake in, I think it was every woman on the jury um, and Jason, and then the Eric, James and Ozzy went Amanda's way. So we ended up with a five to three vote. So closer than I thought, I thought it was going to be a little more of a blowout for Parvati, to be honest with you. I think where Amanda lost the game was for I the second who, time in a row. <laughs> yeah. I forget who asks, but someone says, um, if you knew about the Aussie vote, would you have told him? And she just says, plain and simple, yes. I think that is where anyone who was voting based on respect for the game was like, mm-hmm. I'm not voting for Amanda. And all the people that yeah. voted based on emotions were not going to vote for Parvati anyway. So I think made, that that- It made Parvati look smart too for not telling her. So it, it was kind of a yeah, double whammy. It, was, it made Amanda look like an emotional player instead of a strategic player. Um, it made her look too reliant on that alliance with Ozzy. And yeah, it made Parv look good for knowing um, that telling Amanda was not going to work, even though Amanda was her number one. Right. I think overall, though, it was a fitting winner. Amanda was kind of the underdog of the Black Widow Brigade. Like she was targeted several times, Parvati at the very beginning. But once Parvati got a foothold, she had her first alliance. Then she had like her kind of second alliance and kind of brought them together into like a Frankenstein. And that was Yeah, Amanda didn't even agree to be a member of the alliance. Parvati just put her in it. She really ran the strategic, Sari ran the social game this True. season. And Parvati was kind of the secondary player in that arena. But Parvati ran the strategy of the game. Sari had ideas, but Parvati was the one that had the numbers to execute them. And overall, exactly. I mean, isn't that what Survivor is about? Yes, Sari had enough of a hand that I think she could have beaten Parv in the end, but Parv over Amanda makes a lot of sense to me. I absolutely agree with that. I, I think in my heart, Sari is my winner. As much of a Parv stan as I am, I think in my heart, I think Sari deserved that a lot. What's, but a, once... what's a stan? Is that like a fan? Oh, that's yeah, from the Eminem movie, right? It Sure, yeah. It's a, oh, just a hardcore fan. I've never fan. heard that. That's interesting. Um, I am a hardcore Parv fan. Um, <laughs> more now than I was in Cook Islands. Cook Islands, I just thought mm-hmm. she was a little bit funny. But this yeah. was just absolute badassery. Um but yeah, as much of a fan of her as I am, I think that Sari deserved it over her. But once you get down to the final two, she absolutely did deserve it over Amanda. So here's a question. Is Parvati the best to ever play now? Do you think Do you think she's better than Richard and Sester Nino and Boston Rob and Tom Westman? Do you think she's the best to ever play at this point? Uh, I do. I do think that. I think compared to the names you just said that aren't even, I think, the most um, formidable when it comes to comparing them to Parv. Sestronino. Um, well, at some I, point, they were all regarded as the best player of all time. So, like, it was Hatch for a few seasons, then Sestronino, and then Boston Rock. You know what I mean? So it kind of progressed. Like, does Parvati kind of catapult ahead of them? I think without the bitter jury of All-Stars... If Rob captures that win, if he won, I think then he's number one, Parv's number two. But I think mm. that they're, it's it's a tight race between the two of them, in my opinion, for the top. Yeah, 
That's that's fair. Well, I mean, I love this was this is one of my favorites. This one and like Pearl Islands and maybe like the first season are some of just the best the best ones. Just so good, Lindsay. What do you think? Yeah, I I do think that this will go down as one of the best seasons. I think it'll be hard to top. Even like if Survivor's still on like 15 years from now, we have like 41 ish seasons is it still like one of the i mean we don't know what's coming next of course i mean they could do some crazy stuff but i feel like this one's really gonna hold up yeah i think it might even be better than a season where like almost all of the cast of this particular season return with a bunch of other returners Uh, (laughs) that would be i'd love to see that that would would be a great season to watch um but yeah, I'd love I think... to see Parvati and Sari and Amanda again. That'd be that'd be great. Yeah, that'd be really great. I don't think that there could be a much better balance between entertainment and good gameplay than we had mm. on this season. I think it was That's just a great point. It was very well rounded. Yeah, I agree. All right, any any final thoughts on Micronesia? Um. No, I just once again, it's just such an entertaining season for both. You know, someone who's there for the gameplay and someone who's there for the, you know, funny moments. So I think, yeah, and great characters too. Absolute great characters. Like you're rooting for so many of them. So yeah, that's Micronesia, um, special place in my heart, I think. Great. All right. Well, we're going to just about wrap up here, um, but we will be back for next season. Survivor Gabo. Survivor 42. Sorry, did you feel that weird like temporal shift in yeah, time that was kinda, that was just now? Crazy. I feel that like was very I, I felt like I was in Africa. I for feel a like moment. I really recently did the Soldier Boy dance, which is weird because I feel like I haven't someone done that was, in like 10 someone years. Someone was telling so. me about someone was telling me about elephant dung, and then there was a guy mad about some cookies, uh, just for a, like a split second. But now I'm looking forward to Survivor 42. We'll be back. Uh, this I believe March 9th it, we got have a premiere date so we a little over a month so I got like three weeks of content to fill uh, currently so if you have any <laughs> ideas DM me okay I'm, I'm out of ideas um, no. but thank you so much for listening uh, Lindsay thank you so much for being here it's been a blast uh, blast from the past from the going past back to Micronesia with you uh, it's been been very very fun anything yeah, you'd love- like to say to the the listeners I will say I'm looking forward to March 9th with anticipation. I made some made some new fans, I think, while I was rewatching Micronesia, um, because it's a good season to get people into. If you're looking to get people into Survivor, A, it's on Netflix. B, like we've just talked it's about, good. it's great. So yeah, I'm I'm excited for March 9th to get back into some brand new Survivor. Me too. And again, thank you so much for, for being here. All right, that's going to do it uh feel free to to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts follow us on twitter at twists and torches uh and uh if you enjoyed feel free to give us a rating we hope you enjoy and and you come back uh and uh we'll be back next week thanks so much have a good one